How many of you know that God is in the business of taking territory? And we are called to partner with him in that beautiful dynamic. So good. So, so good. You know that there's a, there's a dynamic at the moment in this season where God is really calling people to arms in the realm of the spirit. Now, I don't know if any of you guys have seen any of the uh, footage that's been on the media. You know, I don't believe everything that I see on the media. But what was interesting is this morning, I was watching the media, as, as you do, preparing for the service. And, and I was watching this morning, and I was watching all of these people start to, or they were drawing all these people near, all of these people that were not warriors. They were like, who, who saw any of that footage? where literally school teachers and lawyers and all these different people were coming to, to partner with the effort in the Ukraine specifically to bring pushback to the Russians. How many, people, how many people saw that on the news? And it really reminded me of this scripture. So let's put that Joel scripture back up because I really believe that this is a season and time we're in right now. And I know we've got announcements. We'll do those um, in a second. But it says this. Let's all read this together. It says, proclaim this among the nations, prepare a war, rouse the mighty men, let all the soldiers draw near, let them come up. Keep going. Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am a mighty man. I just love that because even watching this thing this morning, I was seeing these school teachers and all these people that had no effort, no, they got no... Uh, no experience in war. People were saying to them, they were even being interviewed and saying, if I gave you a gun, would you use it today? And the people were saying, yes. And do you know why they were saying, and we're talking about, you should watch some of the footage, but do you know why they were saying yes? Because of the cause. They were saying yes because of the cause. If we don't have a revelation of the cause, how many of you know we don't go to war? And the revelation of the cause in this season is a revelation, revelation, as some people like to say, is a revelation of the spiritual war that we are all in right now. And the Lord is saying, are you ready to partner with me in this season of war to see breakthrough come into your nation? And this is literally what it looks like because those people that are on the outside, those people that don't lean in to the things of the Lord in the way that they need to right now, let me tell you this right now, they find themselves in the corridor. And how many people would like to live in a corridor? You know, I, I used to live in a house with a very long corridor, and it was really annoying. And um, you won't want to live in a corridor, but let me tell you this right now. You want to take the doors of opportunity as they come. Is that right? So, the, the mighty men, the mighty warriors in this season. Okay. How many of you have felt God stirring you into the place of war? Well, I certainly have. And, and I think what's really interesting about all of this is that... Uh, I was just chatting to Rachel, and, and you know when we're, when we're worshiping the Lord, we come into a place of beautiful intimacy, um, but in that place, how many of you know we get empowered for the season that we are in? This is really, really important, and how many of you know that, how, uh, that, that if, you are on the, if we are, as a people, on the back foot in what we are doing, how many of you know that you get, what, you get absolutely annihilated when you don't do anything? You know, if you are pausing in the kingdom or standing still, guess which way you're actually going? Backwards. How many people want to go backwards? No, no one at all. 
Okay, good, exactly. Because we need to be moving forwards, don't we? And I know this sounds really, really, you go, okay, well, what are you, what are you saying today? today? There is an impartation in the atmosphere today in general for people to receive strength for the advancement of the kingdom. This is the advancement of the kingdom in Australia, and this is, we've always said this, but this is our watch, and because this is our watch, it's like the Holy Spirit is saying, are you ready for me to empower you for the next part of what this looks like? Because the next part of what this looks like is where the enemy has come in like a flood. The Lord is raising up a standard, and who is God's standard? We keep on saying, you know, you've said that before. It's because it's the same season. Sometimes God will keep saying something until the revelation catches enough and then people literally ascend into that place where they are doing war from above and not beneath, where they are doing war from above and not beneath. So you can put the Colossians scripture up for me, Colossians chapter three, verse two, and we're doing this in the Amplified because I really love the version here, it's beautiful, and it says this, and set your mind, let's all read it together. The reason we want you to read it together is actually, and Todd does this all the time, is because when you speak it out through your masks over <laughs> yourselves, you actually receive something from the scripture itself. How many of you know that the words of God, Jesus says, my words are spirit and they are life. So it actually activates people into the more of what that word is by reading it aloud. How many people ever read things aloud at home? Cool, okay, oh good, that's awesome. Okay, so let's read this together and it says, and set your minds and keep them set. Oh wow, just stop, whoa, 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 shaka rabba, Nick. This is a good scripture, isn't it? Look what it says. It says, set your minds and keep them set. How many of you know that the enemy doesn't want you to keep your mind set? How many of you know that you, the, the, the Lord wants us to keep our mind and keep our mind set, but the enemy wants us to not keep our mind set and to, guess what? Go off track. But it says this, set your minds and keep them set on what is above, altogether. The higher things, not on the things of the earth. And what's really interesting, and this is something that the Lord's been speaking to me about at the moment, is what it looks like to build in partnership with heaven the things of legacy on the earth. What it looks like to build with God in heaven the things of legacy on the earth. And I think this is really, really important because I think that sometimes we can start one way and partner, I get this a lot when I work with business people, they start, a lot of Christian business people, start with the Lord and then finish with the flesh. They start with the Lord and then something transpires where they stop relying on God in the same way and they start moving into something different, into a different season where they're not relying on the Lord in the same way that they did. How many people could relate to that even in your normal life? And it's super, super common. And so in that then, this is the most important thing, is that when, we, when it says here in the book of Colossians, set your mind and keep them set, I really believe that the Lord is saying, and Rachel spoke on this last Tuesday at three o'clock, the three o'clock service last, was that last week? Sunday, last, oh my goodness, gosh, time is like, wow, okay. And so, and so, and what was interesting about that is she was talking about the sons of Ishika, the seasons and times under heaven. And, and how many of you know that sometimes, or a lot of the time, God will speak to us about the season and time under heaven, and then he says, okay, partner with me in that. Then we forget what the season and time was. And then we move into something, well, that was good for those two weeks, and now what's the new season and time under heaven? And God's saying, no, 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 the season and time under heaven hasn't changed. We might be in a season of war, I'm not prophesying this, under heaven for the next 18 years. 
which means that we were born for such a time as this to tap into a militant arm of the Lord. Does that make sense? But then we go, oh, no, but it's okay. And, and so I just feel like it's really important that we set our minds and keep them set with what the Lord is speaking in this season. This is really, really important. Now, what you're gonna find over this next time is you're gonna find that a lot of people prosper in different ways because of the trading floors that they've set up, both in the heavens, in the realm of the spirit, but also on the earth. And this is really interesting because I think that one of the things that the Lord is gonna show us very, very clearly is just because something is prospering doesn't mean that it's from him. How many of you know that the devil can make you prosper? Well, none of you guys believe that. How on earth would he ever make trade agreements with men if they didn't prosper in their natural life? Come on. Who's ever heard about the entertainment industry? I've watched interviews of when they get to a certain level. Any kids in here? All good. Um, when they get to a certain level, there are, there are agreements made. Contracts are brought out. I've seen videos of people testifying to the contracts. And that's not contracts with heaven. It's contracts with the other. Why? Because there's a realm of prospering. And I really feel like the Lord wants us to be able to discern more than ever before in this season the origin of somebody's prospering, the origin of their declaration, the origin of their language. Because when we can ascertain and discern the origin of where something's coming from, guess what starts to happen? We start to see legitimate and illegitimate trading flaws we start to see legitimate and illegitimate power sources. And when we can draw from the legitimate power sources, guess what starts to happen? We prosper in the things of the kingdom and we get truly empowered to move forward into the things of God. Now, I know that this sounds a bit, might sound a little bit kind of complicated for some people if you, if you haven't watched Field of Dreams for a while or maybe it's your first time watching. Is there any first time visitors? Um, one. Oh, bless you. Okay, a couple of awesome, so good. I see Benedict's here from Sydney. Welcome, Benedict. How are you doing? Good, good, good. Yeah. Benedict runs an outreach in Newtown in Sydney where he goes on the street and basically just prays for people. For how many years did he do that for, Benedict? Nine years. And they just go on the street. It was every Saturday night. I don't know when it is now. But, sorry? It's every other Saturday. And literally going on the street of Newtown, I've been the guest speaker there numbers of times. The guest speaker on the street once. Oh, one, he's like correcting me once. And, and <laughs> we didn't want you back after that. And, 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 and um, but it's awesome. It's an awesome work. And where was it going in that? Um, yes, yeah, so this is the thing. It's like when we can ascertain where the source comes from, we are, able better, we are better able to partner with the Lord in the things of heaven. And this is really, really important. The reason I'm saying that is because the Lord has been speaking to me a lot about the kingdom of Saul versus the kingdom of David. And so if we can put up 1 Samuel chapter 16, and you guys will really catch this this morning. You'll be like, wow, that was such an awesome word, Pastor Darrell. And I say, I oh, know. And so, <laughs> just, sorry. Oh, it's good. Okay. And it says this in 1 Samuel Chapter 16, verse 6, it says, When they entered, he looked on Eliab. Now, do you want to know that's really interesting? 1 Samuel, chapter 16, verse 6. What are those numbers? Who likes the number 6? No, I'm born on the 6. You better like it, all right? And, <laughs> and it's okay. My natural man craves your, your attention on my birthday. Um, 
But it says this in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 6. It says, when they entered, he looked at Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed is with me. And this is really interesting. So, so for example, uh, so everyone knows this story, don't they? But you have to understand the concept or the context. Do you want to know why? Who is this that we're talking about? Who are we talking about? We're talking about who, when they entered and looked, it says he looked Eliab and thought. Who looked? What was Samuel? But wasn't he the prophet of the Lord? Wasn't he the one that knew in the name of Jesus? He's awesome. He was a Samuel prophet, wasn't he? Who thinks Samuel was a Samuel prophet? He was Samuel prophet. <laughs> okay, and so this is really cool. And so, but what's interesting is this, that Samuel who had already had got the most insane, we don't hear it all, but the most insane words of knowledge for Saul, literally reading mail, you're gonna go here, donkey's gonna appear there, this gonna happen, and, and, and so much more than that. You know, the Bible only describes a, a smidgen of Samuel's ministry. But what's really interesting is when he goes in to Jesse's house, what happens? He doesn't recognize the future king. He heard the word of the Lord so clearly go to Jesse's house, but yet he wasn't able to recognize who the Lord's next anointed king over Israel was. Why? Because it says, he looked and said, surely the Lord's anointed is before me. This is a really big deal. Can anyone catch where we're going here today? What are we talking about? We're talking about origin. This is really important. Okay, so listen. So then it says, and then they entered, oh no, they've already done that one, verse, verse six. And just remember, six, six is the number of man. And it says, but the Lord said to Samuel, let's read this together, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at the height of his stature because I have rejected him. Now, what is it? I'll just stop there. Sorry, I'm making you read and then not read. I'd, I'd be a good school teacher a little bit. And so it says this, do not look at his appearance or at the height of his stature. What, what are all of those? Those are all things on an outward appearance. It shows that, it says specifically, it shows that Eliab, was a good specimen. He'd, Nick, stand up. Let's, so, 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 he's a, he's a good specimen right here. Come on, come on. And this, this man's a good specimen. But he represents, he represents Eliab, and he is not the Lord's anointed. No, I'm, joking. I'm joking, I'm joking, he really is. He's, see, but this is really interesting, is that Samuel, and, and I'm doing this because I can't point to myself, but Samuel looks and says, look at the stature, look at this. Surely this is the one that the Lord has chosen. But the Lord says, I do not look at outward appearance, for man looks at the outward appearance. So man looks at the weight gain, at the, at the, at the pumping of the iron, at the, at the squats and all of that. Man looks at all of that. And yes, that is a level of represented prospering in the natural, isn't it? But, the, but man looks at that, but it says, for the Lord looks, uh, sorry, for man looks at the outward appearance, you can sit down there, but the Lord looks at the heart. But the Lord looks at the heart. And this is really, uh, this is really interesting. So, so the Lord's been talking to me about Samuel, uh, uh, sorry, about Saul, Samuel, and David. And he's been talking to me about the fruit of Saul and what things looked like in Saul's life. And I really believe that he's drawing a parallel a lot of the time to things that we're experiencing in the natural world, specifically in the area of politics, in the area of conflict, in the areas that really are, are really starting to have an effect in our world. How many of you uh, were alive four years ago? 
Okay, a lot of you weren't, and we really need to pray for you because you actually were. Some of you are seriously deluded. My grandmother was 37 until she was nine, until she died, actually. So every birthday, we'd be like, okay, happy. We didn't even know how old she was when she died because she was always 37. All the family agreed that no one would ever convince her of anything else. Um, isn't that cute? Cute. And she's, uh, uh, but what's really interesting is, is if you were alive four years ago, or th- we say three, but say four to keep it safe, the world was completely different. How many of you were alive when the world was different? That was actually a time of peace. Now, even though there was war and conflict and advancing of the kingdom, we were in a time of peace in the realm of the spirit because we could go to prophetic conferences, you could get a word of the Lord from a prophet and it would probably come to pass. You would get like all of this stuff started to happen. But what started to happen when we were in a season of war, the season changed. And when the season changed, the Lord was, it was nearly like the Lord was, okay, it's all on you now. Go for it, church. And the church like, hold on. What do you mean go for it? Where's the prophetic words? Where's my conference? I need a conference to stimulate me. No disrespect, we run one, two conferences here a year. Um, um, I need that to stimulate me for the 72 hours after I've been to the conference so I can be, oh, so I can be like the mighty man, the fighting woman, come out of that conference, do my business in the spirit world and then go back to my normal life and then book in for the next conference. But how many of you know that that was never God's design for his people? That was never God's design for his church. Okay, so let's put up um, um, 1 Samuel chapter 15. Okay, so 1 Samuel chapter 15, and we'll go from verse one, and we're talking about Saul. Okay, so it says this. Then Samuel said to Saul, now how many of you know that Saul was God's original choice? Okay, so it says this. Then Samuel said to Saul, the Lord sent me to anoint you as king over his people. Let's all read it. Over Israel. Now therefore listen to the words of the Lord. Verse two. Thus says the Lord of hosts, I will punish Amalek for what he did to Israel. And sorry, how he set himself against him on the way while he was coming out of Egypt. This is really important. So the Lord sees something that happens. The Lord sees a dynamic that happens and the Lord then is going to render a judgment on something that came came against Israel. Okay, so it's really interesting. But how was the Lord gonna render the judgment? Through his anointed king. So, so, So Saul actually had a mission and an assignment to displace and punish the force that came against Israel. That was his assignment. That was his mission before the Lord. This is really, really important. You see, when the season changed on earth, the church was shut down. How many of you know that's true? Two of you believe that. Let me tell you this. The church was shut down. So many churches ended up shutting their doors. So many churches ended up shutting their doors. And I believe that partly, and I'll, I'll be very bold emboldened, is that the word? I like that word. I'll be very emboldened in this statement. You see, the church shut the doors, I believe, because when the Lord took the onus off the old order of ministry, people couldn't stand up under the weight of the true administration of standing up in a time of war. That's what I believe. You can challenge me on that. If you're a pastor, you can email me. I've never replied to an email before and I never will. So so it is what it is. Um, So... 
I won't. But, but I just want, I just want to, I just want to frame this up. Because if you are a fighter and if you are a man of war, then what God has given you, the stake that God has given you, that you put in the ground, you fight for that thing. And oh, okay. You don't understand the circumstances. Yes, I do. Because I live here too. So this is really interesting. Okay, because everything's everything's about choice. And I understand about doctrine and all these different things. But, But how many of you know that was never the will of God for churches to shut down? So what happens here is that we know that Amalek is in a situation where he, let's just read it together. Uh, verse, let's go to verse three. We're going to read a number of passages. Now go and strike Amalek, Amalek sorry, and utterly destroy all that he has. And do not spare him, but put to death both man and woman, child and infant. It's okay, kids. Ox and sheep, camel and donkey. Keep going. Then Saul summoned people and numbered them in the Talahim, uh, Talim, I think that's right, 200,000 foot soldiers and 10,000 men of Judah. Keep going. Saul came to the city of Amalek and set an ambush in the valley. Just stop there. And so what, happen, what happens is we understand, I'm not going to go through the whole thing. I actually put in my notes, read 35 scriptures, but I won't, uh, 35 passages uh, just for time's sake. But, but, but we understand then that Saul was set on mission. Everyone say set on mission. I say on mission. And when Saul was set on mission, part of, I believe, that Saul's original design was to actually punish a spirit force and a natural force that came against Israel when the Lord was delivering them out of Egypt. I believe that that was actually when he, when God anointed Saul, he saw that part of Saul's original design and scroll, mission and mandate, uh, mandate, mandate, original mandate under heaven was to bring the justice and judgment of God to punish people that came against Israel. This is really interesting. So he was set as a ruler and a king. He was a king. So what happened is then that Saul didn't go into, this is so crazy, Saul didn't go into what he was supposed to do and, and he didn't do what he, what he was called to do, basically. And so as a result, he left a couple of people alive and it, literally Samuel comes along, and for time's sake, I'm not going to go into all the scriptures, but literally Samuel comes along and says, what is the bleating of sheep that I can hear? And then Saul's like, oh, no, you don't understand. We stole all of that. We stole, we brought all of their, 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 li- their livestock so that we could do work, so we could do sacrifices unto the Lord and all this thing. And Saul says to him, because this was all to do with destroying, the destroying of a, a line, Saul says to him specifically, he says, because of this injustice that you have done, the Lord wants obedience rather than sacrifice. He says, rebellion is, re, oh, okay, here we go. Rebellion is as witchcraft. This is what he says. You, you've heard it before. This is the scripture that he says it. Samuel says, rebellion is as witchcraft. And therefore, because you have done this wicked thing, the kingdom will be taken from you and given to David. This is really, really interesting. Why is this interesting? Because when Samuel goes specifically to Saul and does what he does with Saul, there is a dynamic that he was supposed to fulfill that he didn't fulfill as part of his original mission and his original mandate, and therefore God had to put someone else in place to actually combat not just Amalek or the Amalekites, even though David was warring with them consistently all the way up to 1 Samuel chapter 30 and beyond, but actually there was something that God had wanted 
to have happen that didn't happen with his chosen leader, so it was actually choice. So, well, how is this relevant today? I'm glad you asked. The reality is that we are in a place right now where I believe that there are leaders that have been given mandates from the Lord, Shabba, in the natural as God's anointed, who didn't fulfill the original mission that they were given. And therefore the kingdom has to be given to another. And that's where we are right now. You see, I believe that we are in a season right now of an incredible turnaround. I'm not just talking about prime ministers, but an incredible turnaround where the church, the ecclesia, is going to rise like never before and literally step up into a gate where we administrate things as people of war. And as we administrate things, there will be a realm of punishment that comes back to what the enemy has done to the local church because I believe that there will be where leaders could have done something, not saying not all leaders, but I believe that the ecclesia is gonna step up even where it's been in a place of disempowerment and is gonna step up and bring a level of punishment, the rise of the punishers, back to the enemy for what it has done to churches over the course of COVID-19. So, okay. Now what's really interesting about this story with, with Saul is this. This story with Saul is really, really interesting. Because guess what happens when Samuel goes up to talk to him? He realizes that Saul, instead of doing whatever he did, he didn't kill everyone that he was supposed to kill. He didn't put an end to that line. He didn't punish what needed to be punished. But do you know what he does instead? Builds a monument to himself. Build something in the natural representing an earthly legacy that people will be able to honor him for years to come. And when Samuel, it actually says in the word, I think maybe verse eight, I think so. But literally says, as Samuel comes to see Saul, Saul has just finished building a monument to himself. Let me tell you this right now. I believe sometimes in the natural, people, we're talking about origins right now, People who have been empowered have chosen, empowered by God, have chosen to build monuments on the earth to be praised by men instead of building something from a heavenly realm to have eternal value according to the wisdom and the agenda of heaven. And I believe that this is so fitting and so much more profound than it might sound even when I'm preaching it right now because I believe that we're in a season right now where God is gonna start to test the work of the church, people in the church, well it already has happened and it already is happening, but also test the work of those people that he has put in leadership over his people. I'm talking about leadership in government, I'm talking about leadership in business, I'm talking about leadership in general and he's gonna start to bring a realm of, I wanna say punishing because I do believe it is, but let's, let's just, <laughs> You're going, but God's a good God. He is a good God. But let me tell you this. He won't be mocked and he loves his people. And so, so, so I feel like we're transitioning into this season where we're going to start to see incredible movement in this time because the fulfillment of the original mission that people were given didn't happen. So the Lord has to give it to another. This is very, 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 very important. And so this is, so this is why I want to say that. Is everyone still with me? Has anyone departed? Is it, remember we talked about having a focus and keeping, keeping your focus on, I'm just kidding. And, and, but what's really interesting in, in this is that, is that, see people do things for the praise of men. They start out giving glory to God. They start out with the mission of heaven. 
but then they transition because they love the praise of men. And what's really interesting is, you know, it says, it says, it says in Matthew 6, 6, when you pray, go in, close the door, don't look at the accolade of men. And, and I know that there are people in here, including myself sometimes, that's been looking to how many likes I got on Facebook for a particular thing. I just don't post anymore uh, because I just didn't get enough likes. And so, <laughs> I'm just, but, but, but what's really interesting is I believe that as the church comes up, we're gonna have to detach ourselves from trying to build honor on the earth and instead build honor in heaven. I lo- I lo- it's so true. I love what, I- you can commit if you, no, I'm not like, you don't have to clap, it's fine. You commit if you want to. And so it's the half committed, but I love what Todd says. And, and I was thinking about this this morning when I was in bed watching the news. And, and I was thinking, I was thinking about, and he says this, he says, if the church goes well, God gets all the glory, but if something goes wrong, it's my fault. And that's true leadership. And do you know that we just, we just sung a song about this as well. You know that God has to get all of the glory. And I feel like where people have taken the glory, God's saying, no, 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 that's not gonna work for me. Because when God gets the glory, righteousness advances successfully. When God doesn't get the glory, there is a tainting of things that happen and there's no purity in what the church is doing. So anyway, who can tell me what today's date is? 27th of the, let's put up Proverbs 27.2 and just see if we've got, the, oh my goodness, hold on. That's today's date. Gosh, I've got a knack for this, okay. It says, let another praise you, let's all read it. Let another praise you and not your own mouth. Now let's just stop right there. Going on Facebook, you could challenge this maybe if you looked at some of the origin of some stuff. Look what I've done, okay, great. And, and, and it says this, a stranger and not your own lips. Do you know what I love so much about this scripture and it speaks specifically about what we were talking about, about 1 Samuel chapter 15, is that Saul was trying, he built a monument to himself after he killed the Amalekites. He built a monument to himself and that place of pride, it says that as far as the eagle has built its nest, from that place you will fall. And that is all to do with pride coming before a fall. You see that we are in a war right now where it's about man or God, the natural or the eternal. And I believe that the Lord is saying in this time, fix your gaze, fix your eyes intently on things above and do not take your eyes off the prize that is there. Because when you fix your eyes on the prize that is there, you will successfully fulfill the missions while you are on earth for the season and time that you are here under heaven. You will fulfill the mission and the mandate that I give you and you will store up for yourselves treasures in heaven beyond anything that you could ever have imagined. You see, you see, I always think about how short life is. I don't think I'm gonna die tomorrow. I mean, sometimes I do. But it's like, you do sometimes. But, but, but I always think about how quickly life is. And you know that I'm 40 and I've probably got another 50 years left, whatever, I, I actually don't mind, as long as it's in that bracket. But, but, 50, but 50 Christmases is not very long, is it? 50 more presents or from Belinda, uh, you know, 20, 2,000 from myself. You know, it's like, 
but, but what's really interesting is if we have that focus and we set our, our gaze and we set our sight and we set our heart on the eternal, we actually build effectively and we create a legacy that will exist for eternity rather than creating a legacy that can be chopped and changed by the opinion of man. Is that good? Awesome. So if you want to stand, we're going to pray and then we're going to do communion. I'm going to be speaking. I'm going to um, expound on this message a little bit more this afternoon. We have the pads on. It'll be awesome. And so remember, this is kind of like part one of a two-part message on building legacy in eternity rather than on earth. We don't want to build a monument to ourselves here, do we? Maybe you do. I certainly don't. We want God to get all the glory. And you know, Todd and Rachel are amazing, but you know God gets the glory for Field of Dreams, doesn't he? And that's what we want. We want him to get all of the glory. Okay, yeah, just undo your communions first so that we don't get interrupted. pray this after me if you want to you don't have to but we're actually just going to give God permission as you as usual to transition us from any place that we have built, tried to build legacy in the world now I'm not saying you shouldn't build legacy on earth don't hear what I'm not saying but when it was specifically our role to build something in heaven to see a heavenly accomplishment happen we're going to ask the Lord to do an adjustment so say father in the name of Jesus I ask you right now to make any heart adjustment that you need to that would refocus any part of my agenda to heaven and the advancement of your kingdom. Holy Spirit, I ask you to burn up any illegitimate monuments that I have built to myself instead of giving you the glory. I choose today on the 27th of February to let another man praise me, a stranger to sing my praise instead of myself in Jesus' name. And everybody said, do your communion. We honor you, Jesus. Focus on the finished work of who you are, what you did. One more prayer whenever you're finished, whenever you're everyone's still engaging. We don't want to interrupt too quickly. And this is the this is the the prayer. You can just agree with me if you want, but it's just really about not being under but being over. And so you can just agree with me. But Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we say, we say as the ecclesia that we don't want to be under 
monument men anymore. We want to be under godly leadership, godly kings, those who do the will of the Father. So we ask Holy Spirit that you would move on the hearts of people to bring righteous leadership to our nation and to the nations of the earth in this next season. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. We can give the Lord a shout. Come on, so good. Come on. Woo! So good, so good.